0: All right, welcome to the third episode of the Cell Talk podcast. In today's episode, we have our guest Aaron. Aaron, he's an entrepreneur, a stress management coach, where he helps busy professionals experience significantly less stress in just a few weeks. He has a master's degree in cognitive neuroscience and is passionate about improving the quality of people's lives. And he's also one of the most self-aware people I know personally so welcome to the podcast Aaron
1: yeah great to be here thank you everyone, Marcus.
0: very great yeah because we've we've known each other for for a while and I think we can relate on many areas in terms of just self-development in terms of mindset in terms of, in terms of um, just yeah in general with mindset so uh, based on my research you're very interested in interested in the mechanics of the brain in neuroscience and self-development um but I'm curious if you were you always into that or like yeah if you can give me some background story in terms of like how you got in into the whole stress coaching thing
1: yeah yeah um well yeah I mean I always had like a big interest in like biology and neuroscience like I always like things that were complex right so when I was mm. growing up always just one of like the most complex subject and I always like knowing okay how does this work like how do things kind of work what are the mechanics behind it and as I started to get older you know started to get a bit more into like later later education I started to see okay well I can see how my mindset is actually holding me back right it was holding me back from being able to get to where I wanted to get to it was holding me back from being able to Know, express myself fully, do all the things I wanted to do. So, because of that, I started studying like mindset and how that works, all about psychology, all this kind of stuff, and neuroscience and the brain. And it got me to this stage where, okay, well, now that complexity that I always liked translated from, you know, biology, now I went into mindset, right? So, I've just been studying that, you know, just religiously for the last few years, really just been learning everything there is to know about it. And got to a stage where I got very good at that, but the emotional aspect of managing that I wasn't too good at. Right, I thought I was good at it, but I had the wrong strategy. So because of that, I was you know I was, had all this information, but I was still experiencing a lot of stress. And you know, it got to a stage two years after that. I was working you know twelve to sixteen hour days, literally nearly every day of the week just crazy crazy work schedule get to the end of that two years and next thing you know sitting in front of a council of depression (laughs) so I'm like okay well I thought I did all this mindset work I thought I knew what I was doing like how the hell did I end up here in front of a council of depression like doesn't make sense so I get to that point and I realize, okay well something has to have a significant change because I can't end up back in this position again it was like the lowest point of my life. So after that point, I spent the next four years studying everything I could use, everything I could find in psychology, everything I could find on how to actually manage those emotions, where these emotions actually come from, just like the really, really deep psychology that isn't covered in a lot of the mainstream sources. And yeah, really masked like how to manage emotions, how to manage stress, how to yeah, just understand where all of these emotions come from started helping people around me with it started seeing okay well i've had this transformation with myself i'm now experiencing a lot less stress i knew people around me who were stressed so i thought okay well let me help them with it so they don't have to go through what i went through and you know potentially end up in that counselor chair so i started helping them with it and they started getting really great results as well so i was like oh okay like what i've learned here isn't just for me it's principles of stress principles for humans to be able to apply in whatever job whatever situation they're in so when I saw that they had those transformations and just how fulfilling that was for me to be able to actually give that gift to someone else to be able to see someone not have to be you know triggered all the time and experience all of this you know this trauma and this stress um you know it really just made me want to do this on a larger scale and that's I ended up becoming a coach and then yeah, now I'm doing it on a much larger scale and helping as many people as I can.
0: It's like you, you, and I see this pattern where people try a lot of external stuff and they try to find answers externally. And then after they get to a th- certain threshold, the, the, the external things doesn't work. And so the pain of of not getting those external results leads to wanting to find those answers, right? And I think me and you can both relate to this. It's like we're hungry for the the mindset answers that can really help us like externally also. Yeah. And I think people very often like pick and choose. They either go like the external route or they go at the like internal route. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm also very curious to hear you talk about like the, because it's one thing to be interested in, in like mindset and self-development and understanding the brain. But why are you so passionate about helping people? Was was there a a certain like, is there a reason why you are so passionate about like helping people to deal with stress and, and maybe the same problems you dealt with when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I think that that is really the driving force. Just having gone through it myself, seeing how just horrible it is to live in that reality, right? Like it doesn't matter what you're achieving. Um, what goals you're managing to attain. Mm. If you have a lot of stress and you're just dealing with that every day, it's a horrible experience of achieving those goals, right? And even when you get it, it's not even that good because you feel completely depleted of energy, you feel burnt out, and you can't even really appreciate what you get, right? Mm. So having gone through that myself and then ended up in that state of depression, it gave me that driving force of, okay, I don't want anyone else to experience this so that's yeah that's kind of like the driving force
0: yeah very cool it's like and and i i heard this guy he talked about how the the person who is willing to look at themselves the closest is the one that's going to get the more rational results and so with you it's like one you are one of the people who i know that are the most willing to look at yourself the closest and you're very like just honest with Maybe the things you're going through, the maybe problems and and struggles, and how you're feeling. And so, how have you been like willing to look at yourself that closely, and not get the ego and maybe like just in the way, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think you know, because it got so painful just living in that that self reality, right? Just mm-hmm. when you have all these negative thoughts going on. About, you know, just okay, you need to achieve this or XYZ negative outcomes going to happen. And your mind's always just racing and it's, you know, it's having this negative dialogue or even in that state of depression, you know, just having that very just kind of self pity, um, very down kind of dialogue in your mind. You kind of don't have an option but to look at yourself, right? You kind of don't have an option but to be vulnerable because if you don't, you're just going to stay stuck Mm. and you're not going to make any progress. Yeah. So got to a stage where it got so painful to live in that reality. I had no option but to really examine myself and really just be honest and say, "Okay, this needs to change. I can see this is a problem. I need to fix this."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the desperation for change, and so you have to, and yeah. then that kind of led the whole process of okay. I got to find the answers. I got to find out what the mechanics of the brain, because I didn't know at first that you had a master's degree at neuroscience. So we we are interested in the same things, but you really just understand the mechanics combined to maybe the more uh, new forms of, of understanding of the brain and maybe with spirituality and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so your kind of expertise right now is stress. And so how does the current version of you deal with stress compared to the old you and so what are the things you're doing different now that you didn't do like maybe five ten years ago
1: yeah that's a good question um so yeah when I first started in this this is when I'd say the stress was at its peak but I thought I was managing it well is you know I was just dealing with the thoughts right so the thoughts would come up and I'd have like this counter thought so let's say the thought said Oh, I need to get this done urgently, like this needs to be finished. I then like counter that form and say, okay, well, no, I, I don't need to get this done urgently. Like, a, you know, any kind of thought you'd use to like kind of calm yourself down basically. And what I found out after I went through that, that bottom pit in depression was that that strategy was actually not helping the stress. It was suppressing it, right? It was holding it down. Mm. And because it was suppressed, that meant it could just come up whenever it wanted right so I could just get easily triggered by something someone said the task that was required anything like that so the way I now manage it has been going more into okay well how does this actually work you know it's not just thoughts interacting with thoughts but how does the body actually work like how does it actually store emotions why do we experience stress where does it actually come from like what are the mechanisms in the brain that causes it or mechanisms in the nervous system that cause us to experience stress because when you understand that and you understand where it actually comes from then you can apply a new solution so the solutions i apply now are much more focused on the nervous system they're focused on the thoughts as well but in relation to that so it's a much more holistic approach and it actually addresses the root cause and that's a mm. store of stress not just okay well this all comes up. Let me just counter it because that's a very, it's kind of a very beginner strategy, but it's taught quite a lot, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Yeah, because the, the I would say the most common way it's thought is to like change your thoughts and to try to make yourself change your thoughts. Yeah. And so your approach is kind of in, in the opposite. Instead of saying what are the thoughts, you're saying why are these thoughts coming up? you know yeah. Why am I having these thoughts? And so when you ask that question, you get to the Kind of root cause of maybe the the emotions yeah yeah very cool because yeah it's like the traditional way of of dealing with just having a maybe negative mindset is to say oh you should think positively right and for for many people they're like how do i do that when i have very negative thoughts and maybe self-attacking that self-attacking voice in the in the back of their mind and so yeah, it's very interesting to kind of hear a different approach to how you can actually change the root cause, and so you don't have to always like combat yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, and so, we, if someone is really struggling with the kind of the amount of stress they're they're experiencing during their everyday, um, and especially now with Corona going on, especially now with like everyone has to be isolated and new restrictions what is something that they can do today to kind of maybe reduce that stress and maybe they have school work a big presentation right and especially for performance people it's like how can they reduce that amount of stress because i've tried a, a lot of techniques but it's just sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it works and so what is someone something you would tell that person like practically that they can apply today
1: yeah, great question. So the first step that anyone needs to actually be able to reduce stress properly is awareness, right? Because until you're aware of what's actually causing it and what's going on, you can't actually solve it.
0: But how so, do you build that awareness though?
1: Yeah. So, well, first of all, you have to do is become aware of what it's, what's not causing the stress because this is where people typically make the mistake. And this is why people don't get to a very high level of resolving this, right? So people typically focus on know the external circumstances i used to do this myself right so i'd say oh it's because of my workload it's because of this other person it's because of xyz external Mm. circumstance but that's not actually the case because in psychology we only experience our experience of a thing right so let's say for example it's you have a massive workload you're not experiencing the workload you're experiencing how you mentally and emotionally interpret that workload right so what you have to become aware of is not the level one which is the external thing you have to become aware of the level two which is the, okay well what's my mental emotional experience of the workload what are the thoughts going on about the workload what's my mind saying what's the emotional response where are the sensations in the body is it tension in the chest is it butterflies in the stomach is it uh, you know people are sweating or heart racing what are those sensations what are the thoughts accompanying and having that awareness of that level 2 response rather than that level 1 response the external is the huge huge step it seems like such a small thing but so many people are just run completely unconscious of that program right it just feels very normal it just feels like a day to day thing mine's just racing all day and you don't really ever get to um you know check in and notice that that's actually going on so just becoming aware of that, becoming conscious of, okay, well, my mind's having all these thoughts, my body's having these feelings and emotions, that's a huge step. Because once you've done that, you're taking energy away from that mental-emotional pattern. So I'd say that's the number one thing that anyone needs to do.
0: And, and do you believe that that's something you have to practice? Like getting that awareness and, and kind of understanding, okay, when I do this things, these thoughts come up and getting that body awareness of how you're feeling when you do your day-to-day day-to-day ask a task
1: yeah it's a lifelong yep.
0: skill yeah because yeah, i i i imagine it could be difficult for people to kind of get that shift completely when they go from not just or thinking that the stress is caused from external factors and then getting that body awareness when things come up yeah um and so I'm curious also, what are some of, you mentioned like the mistake is people deal with that level one kind of factor with stress, but what are some of the other biggest mistakes you see people make when they try to maybe reduce it or, or maybe just deal with stress generally?
1: Hmm. Um, I mean, one of the biggest ones is exercise. (laughs) This is quite a controversial thing to say because, you know, obviously it's like very mainstream. A lot of medical professionals actually encourage people to do that. This. Um, and it is great. Obviously, it has physical benefits and you should exercise. I exercise, you know, I go to the gym three times every week, but I don't do it for stress. I do it for physical health. Right. Because any external thing we do to relieve stress is just a temporary fix. Right. So let's say you spend the whole week, built up all this stress, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to offload it. I'm going to lift some heavy weights, or I'm going to go for a big run let me get rid of this stress you're not actually getting rid of it you're kind of you're kind of all you're really doing in that situation is you're taking your mind off of it and yeah you're helping obviously you're helping the body to you know move blood through and all that kind of stuff so you do feel some relief and you have an endorphin rush when you exercise so you feel better but it doesn't address that level two which is the mental emotional factor it doesn't address the thoughts it doesn't address the emotions so that's a big mistake and it's a big misconception. So I don't really blame people for making the mistake because I used to think that myself and it's easy yeah. to fall into that trap.
0: Very, very. It's like when you do something that maybe feels good and you believe that that fixes kind of the, the problem in the beginning.
1: Yeah. And yeah, like the other thing I was doing was just essentially, as I said, like kind of combating the negative thoughts that came up. So trying to replace them with a positive thought, trying to just be more optimistic all those kind of things which are very traditional like personal development tactics so that was kind of what was going on then and now i just don't really experience that anymore right because i know that combating those thoughts isn't a solution i know that um exercise will give you an endorphin rush but it's not a long-term solution to stress so now i'm much more focused on okay what if stress does come up it's okay well what's how's my body feel? what the sensations what the thoughts and then I can use various techniques based on how severe it is when it comes up where it comes up uh, to be able to combat that stress or to be able to release that stress
0: it's like and this is kind of tricky for people to maybe understand because I I am very into health and fitness as well And you for sure get some kind of benefit from, in terms of just energy, in terms of getting that dopamine rush, Mm -hmm. in terms of just feeling better afterwards and maybe get a sense of uh, achievement when you do it more often. But yeah, it's like you don't hear very often that you, that's not going to deal with the emotion itself. And so, like, because Tony Robbins, he talks about this one, says fear is a physical thing and so when your body is stronger that helps you to deal with stress and so um yeah i I think maybe they it's just a different approach um but i i i would agree it's like the the working out people very often just use it as an escape or use it as a way to just get rid of an uncomfortable feeling instead of just processing that feeling to begin with um very interesting and so what are your, your kind of long time uh, with, with your goals in terms of getting with stress? Is that like create a system where, for people that can, that they can deal with stress like very effectively or yeah, how does that work? So
1: essentially the first step is, as we said before, just developing that awareness, right? So how does the mind and body actually create stress? What's the neuroscience behind it? What's the biology? What's the mindset patterns? how does a subconscious mind play into this, right? And for people who don't know the subconscious mind, you have your conscious mind, which is, you know, like essentially your ability to think about the present moment, do all these kind of things. You have your unconscious mind, which typically focuses more on the past, more on the future, right? So it's, you can think of it as like old thought patterns versus new thought patterns. So teaching people, okay, well, what are those old thought patterns that are coming up? What are those old mental, emotional patterns which come up? Why are they there? How did they get there? Why are they experiencing their stress when they're in XYZ situation or talking to this certain person? Once they've got that awareness, we set that foundation. They understand why all the stress is coming up. Then we move on to, okay, well, what are the strategies they can use throughout the day, whatever situation they're in, whatever time constraint they have to be able to reduce that stress? Because I work with people who are in very busy professions, so they don't really often have spare yeah. 15 minutes to be able to give a solution like it has to be quick so it's okay well given the time you have here the time you have here the time you have here what's the most high impact and best solution for you in those moments so mm. you should stress whenever it comes up so once we have that in place they're confident they can handle that stress whenever it comes up whatever situation whatever person they're dealing with then that's the foundation to create a long-term solution so it's okay. Well how do you actually reduce that stress over the long term? How do you really get to that root cause of where it's coming from and actually reduce it? So now not only can you handle it when it comes up, but you can also reduce it over the long term so you experience it less and less often. You're less triggered, right? So you're experiencing stress less and you can handle it whenever it comes up. So that's really the process I take clients through
0: yeah that's very cool and i and i think the thing you're mentioning is like people don't very often have a lot of time to really set it down an hour or maybe two hours a day to really deal with this stuff and so if there's a way that can you can make this work effective and and that works and it's long term that's probably the best goal for for people who wants to re- reduce stress because there's are so this thing with stress it's like it's very non-specific it's like and and what kind of and maybe specify the feeling for a lot of people can be very, very difficult to kind of understand. Cause you have stress with school, you have stress with work, you have maybe stress with your girlfriend, and you have just a lot of stress. And and so that's very vague. And so maybe applying that system that you were talking about and and yeah, creating a simple system for people that they can use could be a really I, yeah, I think that could be really beneficial. Um, and so the next thing I kind of wanted to touch upon is what are, so you're mentioning like the, the normal mistakes people would stress deal with in terms of just with you personally, what was the mistakes that you did for maybe a long time in terms of just how you were, Dealing with stress and maybe your approach and and yeah, can if you could go to detail with that?
1: Yeah. So I think the main one for me was just that, as we kind of discussed that kind of combating thoughts. So it was trying to be a positive thinker and trying to, you know, feel happy and good all the time and be optimistic and you know, just I think a big big kind of personal development advice you'll get is oh just reframe it right just <laughs> just take a reframe on it and you'll feel better right if someone's shouting at you say oh it's an opportunity for me to practice being calm right and that's obviously better than just getting angry and you know lashing out and all those kind of things you know it's a good first step but it doesn't get to that root cause you're always still kind of ignoring that nervous system response to stress ignoring. The biology behind it you're ignoring the neuroscience behind it and the actual root cause of it as well as the subconscious mind and understanding how that works so that was a huge mistake i made and i was doing that for quite a long time i thought it was the best thing to do um but it just yeah it resulted in problems getting worse rather than getting better
0: yeah and, that, I, and that's why probably affirmations is so powerful because and and it's very simple and very quick and and so i think that's why people like it um have you have you seen when when you've been reducing stress in your life have you seen the ripple effect of that in terms of just with the people you know Mm -hmm. have you had like a a a, has that your reduce of stress had a ripple effect in terms of maybe friends maybe family maybe coworkers? yeah
1: definitely um when i was (laughs) when i was in that peak of just experiencing stress and it was just you know really on top of me I'd be so snappy at everyone around me, Like people were trying to disturb me while I was working, I'd tell them to go away, I'd be very just, just uh, just kind of cut people off, you know someone would say oh Aaron like come and do this with us." like no I'm working like just very rude, very kind of harsh, it was a lot more rude sounding than how I just said it. <laughs> um, but yeah that was kind of how it came up for me so I'd be just very kind of snappy at people and, uh, affected the quality of my relationships and you know it just it just made me not into like a nice person to be around and even if I was relaxing and I was spending time with them because I was in stress all that time I'd be exhausted right I'd be exhausted all my energy would be depleted so I wouldn't really be able to be there fully with them I don't, my mind would always be on work so I'd be hanging out with them but I'd be thinking about something else right so I wasn't present with them and it just kind of impacted everything, impacted me and impacted them. It just wasn't good for anyone. So now, now that I've been able to manage it, I'm able to be much more present with people. Right. So when I'm speaking to someone, when I'm interacting with someone, when I'm meeting someone new, when I'm meeting, you know, family, friends, I'm not thinking about, okay, what 20 things do I have to do later or tomorrow? Or, you know, what mistake did I make earlier that I can beat myself up in my mind about? It's okay, well, I'm here, so let me be here fully. And then when I go back to work and I do things like that, it's okay, well, I'm here, let me be here fully, right? So I'm present with whatever it is I'm doing. And because of that, there isn't that snappiness, there isn't that, um, you know, pushing people away. There's more compassion, there's more compassion. There's more depth in the relationships, there's more uh, humility and understanding, right? So it's really improved the quality of relationships and just yeah. communication.
0: That's great. Yeah, cuz I think that's that's a big problem for people. It's like you you maybe you for for including myself, I didn't see the effects that my stress had on the people around me and how it affected them and the ripple effect and the negative effect that they that it had on friends coworkers family um and so do you what do you say you're more effective now in terms of just work and because you mentioned just presence like being more in the moment helps you with both cultivating a better relationship, but also getting a, maybe more effective with work.
1: The main thing I want to teach my clients is, yes, we are working your stress at work or wherever like the main source of it is, but these mindset patterns will still come up in other areas of your life, right? You will still experience this in other areas if you get triggered in a similar way, right? So maybe you get triggered at work when you get a lot of, a lot of work given to you, but maybe you also get triggered when you're at the supermarket and you're in a rush to get somewhere afterwards so it's okay well how do you change your complete state of living so you're in a less stressed state in everything you're doing mm. and that means when whenever you're doing something you're able to be more present with it you're able to be more effective with it you're able to be just more considerate and take more effective action in whatever you're doing right so it's yeah it really hasn't changed in everything to be honest
0: yeah and it, and maybe it can be hard to like pinpoint what exactly has been better but i because when you like you mentioned there's so many things that just improved and i found this for for me personally also it's like you 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 see the ripple the positive ripple effect of when you feel better other people around you just feel better
1: exactly
0: yeah and it just makes sense right and so but i i find also myself sometimes um there's new stuff happening i don't find myself like there's new stresses coming and then sometimes i kind of forget the steps that i need to do to to deal with that stress and to reduce it and so like you said because i i don't have the same thing with you with when you have it you you just know how to deal with it exactly and then you're kind of it's done because sometimes for me it just takes a, li- a little bit more time to deal with a certain stress and maybe a little bit more um, with practice. Um, so, what would you tell like a a a person who who is dealing with stress, like has a lot of stress and maybe have a lot of an, an anxiety? And would would you recommend him to get a coach like yourself?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend coaching just because. It makes the journey way easier. Yeah, the reason why I started doing this is because essentially it took me four years after that period of depression, five years, sorry, to get after that period of depression to get to this stage now. Right. I'm very competent at it and I know all this stuff. So, in order to avoid that five-year journey, well, in order to help other people to avoid that five-year journey, that's why I started doing this. So, yeah, I would recommend that. So, the two main things you want to do is. Yeah, because you were kind of saying there like some of them take more time to process some of them they're a bit easier so it really just depends on degree of severity to which you're triggered right because if you're triggered a small amount the solution to that will be a slightly less right so for that for example you might just have to be conscious of the thoughts and feelings and just not react to them and then it will just go away very rapidly but if it's a strong trigger you might need a more uh, more thought-out approach, right? You might need a more specific approach. We might need to go a bit more into detail of, okay, why is this coming up? Have you experienced this in the past? Where is it coming from? And that might take a bit more of both action in the moment, but then also action in the background. Maybe when you have some more spare time at work, sorry, spare time at home, before work, after work, to be able to actually deload that so it doesn't come up. So it depends on what the trigger of stress is and how severe that trigger is, depending on what the actual yeah. solution
0: is. So in terms of, if you could define what a trigger is and maybe give some examples on on triggers like you've had for, for yourself.
1: Yeah, so for me, a big trigger would have been, well, let's talk about back when I was you know, in the peak of stress. Yeah. A big trigger would have been, you know, just having a lot of work to do. Just having that huge, seeing that, okay, well, I've got this massive to-do list to do. I need to get it all done today. And then immediately I'd just be in this fight or flight state, right? I'd be completely stressed. I'd be overthinking when I was doing work. I'd be thinking about the next thing I have to do instead of the task I was actually doing. And I'd feel just completely weighed down and overwhelmed by it. Right? So that's essentially what a trigger is. So a trigger is essentially when your emotional reaction is disproportionate to what's happening. Right? So in that situation, the work, me completing the work or not, isn't life or death for me. Like, I'm not going to live if I do it and die if I don't. It's not going to happen. But the way my body and mind were reacting, it's almost as if it was a survival situation, right? Because that's why I was feeling so stressed. Because it activates all your survival hormones, your adrenaline, your cortisol, that circulates throughout your body. And because of that, you have this physiological response, right? So your heart starts racing faster. Um, you know, you start sweating more and then that affects your brain as well. It activates an area called the amygdala. Now that means that your emotional brain's acting instead of your rational brain. So now you're thinking about all the negative outcomes that could happen in the future. Right? you think about, oh, if I don't get this done, then, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. Right, so you can't focus on it and be fully present with what you're doing. So when you have that, you're in that triggered state and you can't be effective in what you're doing you can't be present you can't you know make the right adjustments that you need to make mm. that's essentially what a trigger is so a trigger is when you're in a situation where your survival isn't threatened but it feels like your survival is threatened basically mm. on a physiological level maybe on the level of the mind as well
0: mm. Yeah, because it's, it's like sometimes it's also it can be like you said different degrees of triggers sometimes it's, it's very little and sometimes it could be very intense and so yeah that's a great way to put it it's like when you when you feel those very intense triggers and that can be like like you were explaining hard racing sweaty hands um and and i love the detail you go in it's like you you explain the fucking the dopamines and the the, and uh, yeah so because you when you hear people talk about triggers the most time they they just say uh it's it's uh it's very vague right it's just triggers yeah. so I kind of wanted to just go really specific on what triggers is um what are some of the myths that you you have around stress myths that I hear, like the myths that I hear from other people yeah things. yeah so what are some of the
1: myths
0: you hear people uh talk uh, yeah what are some of the myths you hear people talk about when they talk about stress
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, Well, the exercise one that we mentioned earlier is probably one of the biggest. Another one, this is quite a funny one, is also taking time off. Right, A lot of people think that's like the grand solution to stress, oh, let me have some holiday. Let me uh, book two weeks off, (laughs) completely de-stress, go to Jamaica, and uh, when I come back, I'll be refreshed, I'll be able to go back to work, get back into it. But that's almost like the exercise as well. Right, because when you go on that holiday, or let's say you just you stay where you are, but you just take time off, you spend time at home with family, with friends. Yeah, you have those two weeks, and you're not triggered. Right, it's essentially just two weeks of not being triggered. (laughs) Right, you're at home, or you're relaxing. You're not really doing too much. But then, what happens when you go back to work?
0: Yeah, the same. Triggered again,
1: again, again. Waiting for the next period of holiday. You know, to take that time off and to not be Mm. triggered again. So. It's okay, well, let's still take time off, of course. You know, there's time for that and you want to spend time with your family. But let's not use that as the number one solution to stress, right? Because a lot of companies actually do that. They'll say, Oh, we've given our employees a mental health day off. Right. <laughs> but that's that's not getting to that as we discussed, that level two mental emotional level of the stress. It's not addressing the root cause. So until that root cause is actually got to that stress can't be reduced permanently right so you want, yeah so you want to get to the stage where you're not as triggered at work you're not experiencing that stress so when you take time off work it's just to enjoy it it's not to escape
0: yeah that's all interesting how you've been going through you know <laughs> yeah it's like i i haven't heard that before it's like just a break period from your triggers yeah, that, yeah. that's like basically what it is it's so cool to hear because I, I, I can relate. It's like, I've had the exact same thing where I, I feel stressed at school maybe. And then say you watch a movie, for example, or do something else. And then right after that's finished, you feel the same sensations and the same triggers come right back. And so you have the same problem, just you just push the problem further in the future.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, so. that's, that's great. It's like, because yeah, you hear people say, yeah, you should take some time off you hear that's like a common thing you hear people when they're overworked for example mm-hmm. or they're they're stressed with school or you should just take a break and because yeah. this is that people can misinterpret this and take it to the extreme and say ah, oh, you should never have a break or you should never have a vacation right so you could yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we should just specify we're not against taking breaks or spending time with your family and stuff we're just kind of explaining that the the time off doesn't fix the root cause
1: exactly exactly that's very
0: cool so you mm.
1: use, use the time off just to have time off just because you feel like it
0: mm.
1: right but don't use it as this is the cure to my stress and this is the one thing that's going to save you
0: <laughs> yeah because it you you because you, you feel better right when after right after you're taking a break you you just oh it's just gone you yeah. like the brain tricks yourself and thinks that oh i don't have this problem anymore yeah yeah. For for my sake, I the biggest stress and probably the the thing I've had the most intense triggers with, with was public speaking. Okay, and I remember I was like I I, and this was just horrible because there were every time I had to go and have a presentation or have do some something in terms of public speaking, it was just super intense when I had to go up, and then and then when I finished, that was that it was great, and then. And then I just waited until I had the next public speaking or the next presentation. And then the same experience was happening over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I fix this? Why there's, because my the advice I heard was I just have to do it more. I have to just do public speaking more, but it didn't work. And so I think I did kind of some of your work and combine that and that helped. Um, what do you think? Because athletes use this when they when they they change their their the label on the feeling. So for example, if they you have the some sometimes you have the same sensations, for example, with fear and excitement, you have the same sensations in the body, right? So you have the heart racing when you're excited, and same with the fear, maybe you get sweaty hands and your body just feels prepared to do something. And athletes use this when they sometimes if they're nervous they change that label and say they're excited mm. and so how does that does that work because i found that sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't work yeah <laughs> i
1: personally don't like that approach i think it's a good short term it's a short-term thing in my opinion and it kind of sounds it's easy to apply right it's like, yeah you know i think there was a video I won't actually mention it, but there was a video where they about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> how to actually um
0: I believe that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a video where they basically talk about how to basically make stress on your side and how to, you know, not feel weighed down by negative emotions. Mm. They do exactly what you mentioned there. So okay, when you feel fear, just say you're excited, right? Mm. Tell yourself how excited you are. <laughs> and I tried that. I tried to use that approach. And I know other people who have done it, you said you've done it yourself. And yeah, it can help in some situations. You're like, oh, makes it a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah, but in the back of your mind, you know that you're not actually excited. Right?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you it's, it's like you that. It's like, like an affirmation where, like, you yeah. you write something down. and it's like, you're that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like you know that you're actually afraid. Mm. So it's there's a there's a good phrase I like, and it's you can't fool your subconscious mind. Yeah. So your subconscious mind is basically where all those emotions are created. The fear, you can't fool that, right? So by you telling yourself you're excited, that part of your mind also knows, well, actually you're not. So this is still going to be an uncomfortable experience for you. I much prefer just saying, okay, let's leave all these kind of coping mechanisms out of the way. All these kind of mechanisms to say, okay, well, when it comes up, we're just going to reframe it. Or in my case. Let's just think about something else that's more positive so we can feel better. Let's actually just get to the root cause so you don't feel afraid in those situations. right? So you don't feel under pressure. You don't feel stressed. And then you can actually naturally feel excited. right? You can naturally feel like you can enjoy what you're doing. You can naturally have a lot of energy. That only comes when you get to that root cause rather than kind of surface level, surface level kind of approach.
0: Yeah, because I, I I don't hear a lot of because I searched for, for that answer quite some time. It's like you 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 want desperately to find the answer to kind of fix the problem yeah. and change the just experience because public speaking for some people is very fun and they're very excited when they're up there and they enjoy their time and they and they can go on for hours and hours, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, how can I get to that? How can I do that? And and I agree with terms of just having some tools that can that can be like a temporary fix, mm-hmm. but understand that that's not going to fix the the root cause. I think it's because yeah. people can it's like affirmations has has a place, right? And and same with these tools, there's a reason for it, it being there. But I think just the long term approach, and I I really like the the way you're explaining it is like it's you're still your subconscious you can't trick your subconscious yeah. you can't you can yeah and i totally agree because like your subconscious is like just know that you're trying to trick it and and you can't do that
1: exactly i think that public speaking example would be a good one good one to kind of go into and like why that comes up. obviously i know you know this but i think probably for the listeners it'd be quite good so Obviously, like the main approach that we hear in society is, okay, if you feel uncomfortable public speaking, just keep doing it, right? Do it again, do it again, do it again, until you feel comfortable, you know, book yourself into a hundred. Because I did it.
0: I, I listened to, I was like, I'm going to do public speaking. And then I, and I'm like, and and I remember the advice you hear all the time is, you got to do it more. You got to practice, you got to practice. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and then I just kind of gave up because I'm like, I, I've done what they tell me to do and I, I just can't do it. The number one fear, I think, for most people is public speaking. I think yeah. it's ranked the number one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's yeah, so right. Number over, over death.
1: Number two is death, number one.
0: Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: but, um, but yeah, so we get into this thing of, okay, well, let me just continue practicing it. And then I'll feel more comfortable and then I'll be able to do it. And obviously, it does actually, it does actually have some benefit, right? The more you do it, your brain actually does start to learn, okay, well, I've done this a hundred times. No one's thrown something from the crowds. No one's you know, called me out and started saying, oh, crap, I haven't speaking. So I feel a bit more comfortable doing it. But then you might still notice, even once you've done those a hundred speeches, there's still that kind of bit of anxiety before the speech that you feel like, oh, I just can't get over that hurdle. Like it's, it's still there, right? And the question is, okay, why is that actually still there? Like, why is that anxiety still there? And it's because... The reason why you felt uncomfortable with public speaking in the first place, or whatever the actual activity is, this could be anything, is because sometime in your childhood or in your past, you had an experience where you found out that public speaking wasn't safe. Right? You found out that whatever activity it was was a th- quote unquote threat to your survival. And the reason why that happened is this, for example, public speaking, speaking in front of class, and everyone laughed at you. When you're very young, your brain's in what's called a theta state, right? So your brain has basically different brainwave states. And when it's in a the theta state, it's in essentially a state of hypnosis. Right. So whatever you learn as a child, you kind of basically just pick it up without questioning it. Right? A child is in that in that stage, they're very innocent, they're very trusting. So whatever happens in their external environment. They just trust, okay, this is the truth. This is how things are. They haven't, they haven't developed their ability to think critically and to be able to say, okay, well, no, this is actually isn't the case. They just pick up what they learn. So when you're in front of that class, you speak in front of them, everyone laughs at you, you learn, oh, okay, well, if I laugh, if I speak in front of the class, this class is what I perceive as my world, right? This is, as a child, I have my family, I have my classmates and my teachers. That's the world I know so, if I express myself, I'm going to get laughed at. If I get laughed at, that means I'm not going to get the approval of everyone. If I don't get the pro- approval of everyone, that means I don't have any safety or survival mechanisms, right? Because you could lose everyone, essentially. So, because you have that trauma stored as a child and that, that experience gets locked into your nervous system, right? So, whenever now you experience public speaking as a 20 year old, Your subconscious mind is going back to when you were four and you are in front of the class speaking. It doesn't know you're 20 and you're speaking in front of a new audience and that has nothing to do with what you're doing now. Your unconscious mind, your nervous system thinks, okay, well, I'm in front of that class. If I say something wrong, I could get laughed at again. If I get laughed at again, this is getting disapproved by everyone. This is a horrible experience for me. So then because of that, you have that experience when you're an adult and then you think you have to keep going through all these different things to feel more comfortable with public speaking, but it never gets that root cause of anxiety. So the key is to go back to that original experience and let go of all that suppressed emotion, all that suppressed anxiety. And then you won't have that fear of public speaking anymore. Right? It'll just be completely gone. And you'll feel comfortable. Then you can go work on the skill aspects of it, maybe how to deliver a message, how to engage an audience, all those kind of things. So that's really the approach for that, or for anything else where you have that kind of emotion that keeps keeps coming up. That's how you actually let go of it, and that's how you actually transcend the whole thing.
0: Because it can be very tricky to to when because on the one hand you have the part where doing the thing helps with the skill and it, it helps you improve, and you know, on the other hand you have the root cause that's causing the problem in the, in in the beginning. Yeah. And and so w- when you were talking, I and uh, And I've went through this process before. It's like you you reflect on maybe a memory that from your childhood that that created that trauma to, and that wasn't safe. And so yeah, your 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 classroom, for example, will become your whole world. And if you're not safe in that environment, that then you can die. Yeah. right. And so that's the because I remember the the physical, sensation and a trigger was super intense and so it felt like physically i was going to die when yeah. i did the public speaking and so and probably this is why it's ranked above the the fear of dying right because exactly. it's maybe the same feeling <laughs> it exactly. feels like you're going to die yeah, hmm. yeah that's a, that's because i think people when they hear trauma or they hear, hear these terms they can maybe get like put off and not understand like the benefit from dealing with it and lo- letting that go. Yeah. Um, Cause you, now you were explaining explaining kind of the the neuroscience of how, how this can translate to your future life. And do you think that this, so for example, if you're a kid and then you speak in front of your class and that's trauma gets stored can you have still have that problem forever or can you have it for a period of time or that trauma is that Mm -hmm. like permanent or if you if you don't deal with it
1: yeah it's permanent so if you don't release that initial charge you'll just continue to experience that for the rest of your life so it's just because of how susceptible we are as especially as children when we go into these stages because of that brainwave state we're in and everything is basically just not, as I said, it's not kind of assessed of, okay, well, is this true? Is this valid? Nothing, no information we get as a child has kind of gone through that screen and filter. We're very trusting. We're very just we're just like, well, I don't know how to deal with the world. So I just need to figure this out. I need to trust my parents. I need to trust my teachers. I trust my classmates. I'll put all, all my trust in everyone else. And then I'll just use that to learn how to function in the world. So if you learn that in the public speaking example, okay, well, it's unsafe for me to actually speak and express myself in front of a large group of people. Then you just take that on as the truth. And because you have that belief locked in, you just continue to experience that whenever it comes up. If you don't get back to that initial trauma and actually release mm-hmm. that charge.
0: Yeah, because I think that's a, an important distinction to make. Is like, they it, this doesn't go away if you don't deal with the root cause exactly yep. and and yeah very cool um uh, the last thing uh, where can people find you in terms of uh, your social uh, social media and if they're interested to do to do some coaching with you where can they find you
1: yeah so best two places would be facebook or linkedin so literally just my name aaron mccain um yeah you can search me there you can send me a message happy to look into your situation and see exactly if and how i can help
0: awesome all right I think um, I can sum about sum it up there very cool to have you on yeah it was um great yeah I'll talk to you soon bye bye